0: We are doing crossover Thursday on crossover Wednesday. Longtime listeners of the show will remember opponent Wednesday. That was, of course, before we changed the format of the weekly show a little bit. And we have social commendos from locked on Rams to help us break down a momentous, an enormous, a gigantic. NFC matchup between the Packers and the Rams, so let's get into it, our Crossover Wednesday. Welcome inside another Crossover edition, Locked on Packers, Locked on Rams for the matchup of the Thanksgiving weekend, Packers-Rams. It is the national game, and I am here, Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers. Joining me, as always, is Sosa Kramengis, Locked on Rams. As always, when we do these shows, of course. And so, so we have such a fun matchup to talk about this week. And I'm, I'm really excited to dig into this LA team because they are the proverbial all-in team, right? They make the move for Von Miller. They make the move for OBJ. And we only really have a one-game sample size of what that team looks like. It was two weeks ago, and it didn't go great. Give me the current state of this Rams team.
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, it's kind of a weird dynamic with this team right now. The Rams looked great. You know, a few weeks ago, a lot of people had them as the best team in the NFL. We had them as the number one team in our power rankings as well. And then they kind of go into this weird little slump where Tennessee kind of takes over and makes them look terrible. One week on primetime, Sunday night football, a week later, once again, on primetime football, again, on Monday night, this time, look maybe even worse against the San Francisco 49ers. So back-to-back weeks kind of left a bad taste in the mouths of really everyone. I mean, Rams fans are calling for Raheem Morris's head. I've seen Twitter talking about the season's over. There's nothing left to play for. They're not a championship-caliber team. It's bad right now in in Rams circles, I'll tell you that. But, you know, in general, I think they're still all right. I mean, you look at, you know, you talk about being all-in. One of the reasons I think they should see some positive returns going into the second half of the season here is, well, last week or two weeks ago, Von Miller, Odell Beckham, your new two additions, they couldn't really bring anything to the table for you for the most part. Odell hardly plays in that game. I think he played like 15 snaps in totality. Right. And he had, you know, the idea of four or five plays there where they kind of tried to get him involved, but there's only so much he can do. Von Miller, on the other hand, played a lot, but in general, I mean, they were just getting ran all over. So you can't even see the returns in terms of what he can bring to your pass rush. So Now they've had a week throughout the bye week to sort of get that game plan down, get some of that playbook down, you know, learn how to ultimately play in these systems. And still, it's not going to be perfect. It's still a little bit early. I think you won't really see the full returns of these guys until we get closer to, you know, mid-December, end of December. But in general, the Rams got to be desperate right now. I think, you know, they're going into this game against a really, really good team, arguably the best team in football right now. Uh, One of the teams that, you know, they could meet when it comes to this late NFC matchup into the playoffs, like I mentioned. And so, you know, it'd be nice to have the tiebreaker here. I'm sure both teams want it when it comes to playoff seating, but not just that, the Rams are really desperate right now. They're coming off two back-to-back ugly games. I don't know if they can afford another loss. If they do, I think it's gonna be very, very hard. Maybe impossible for them to even catch up to the Cardinals who are cur- currently the first seed in the NFC West. Yeah,
0: the Rams are seven and three. And if they were in a diff- different division, would have a chance to be, you know, that that three or four seed, but they are not. They're in the Cardinals division, so they are struggling for playoff position right now. Y- you mentioned the defense, and I want to dig into that a little bit more. The last time we saw this team play, 31 to 10 against uh, the 49ers. They gave up 156 yards on the ground the the week before Tennessee. If If I'm the Packers... And we know no David Bakhtiari and we know Noellen Jenkins. My thought is okay, run the ball, much like they did in the playoff game, and and be patient, hit those shots later in the game when they come up. In terms of the tweaks that that the Rams could make, how do you how do you see them trying to adjust here? Because they don't have tremendous depth along the interior of their defensive front and their defensive ends, while disruptive, Floyd and Miller, in terms of their pass rush ability, they're a little undersized. And and the run defense looks like a way to go after them a little bit, if possible. So what is the what is the counter there for the Rams?
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned, I think there's a lot of areas where they're susceptible right now. And that's part of the issue is they don't have that same kind of secondary that they had last year or even the front, right? They can't really have those light boxes like they had last year and still materialize into this top tier run defense and you know prioritize stopping the pass and we saw the packers kill them in the playoffs when it came to it if it was too high you know two safeties back there rogers was happy to check into a run and they were going to take their seven to ten to twelve yards and uh, when they try to kick a guy down and, and load that box a little bit they're going to go over the top and attack the weak link in troy hill last year so That's what worries me right now when you look at this matchup is Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's been in the NFL for a long time. He's very smart, very cerebral. He knows where he wants to go with the football. He's not going to attack Jalen Ramsey every play. He's very smart. He's going to go for the weak link in that secondary. So what the Rams can do here? Well, I think they're in a little bit of trouble. I guess it's really going to depend on is Aaron Jones going to go in this game? Is it going to be a full dose of AJ Dillon, which I want to say is a little bit easier, but at the same time, how do you tackle this guy? He's breaking tackles every time he touches the ball. So I think it's just one of the areas where they're a little bit weaker in terms of the run, the linebackers, not that good. The off ball linebackers, the second level, those guys don't have that much ability. Uh, The front I think is a little bit better. They do a good job of eating up double teams, playing that, you know, gap and a half technique as they call it. But at the same time, you know, I just don't think this defense is on the same level as last year. The secondary has looked susceptible in the past. A uh, couple of games, you look at the run defense, a couple of games where they don't look great. So they haven't put it all together yet. That's presumably why they bring in a guy like Vaughn Miller to kind of boost that unit a little bit. But I do think there's going to be areas for the Packers to really have success here on offense. If I'm the Rams, I'm probably going to allow them to run the ball as much as possible because I would do anything to stop Aaron Rodgers from killing me in one snap, uh, but really you got to kind of pick your poison in this matchup.
0: Yeah. And I was looking at the numbers since week one, when the Packers obviously had a, a debacle against the saints uh, by EPA per play, the Packers have a better defense than the Rams, uh, which, which I frankly didn't expect. Cause I, I just knew that that over time, the Rams defense had, had been pretty good. The football outsiders are good. Those numbers are good. The EPA numbers, they're still good at defense. Um, they're just not as good as they were last year it's also true in the secondary Jalen Ramsey is an incredible individual force in the secondary but this cornerback room is is not playing the same
1: way they did last year what's going on there yeah so you know like you mentioned I talked about it on Twitter as well it's kind of weird that Joe Barry former linebackers coach for the Rams assistant head coach goes to Green Bay and now he's got a better defense than the guy that replaces <laughs> you know Bain and Staley formerly with the Rams now and Raheem Morris so Kind of funny, I brought up the idea that maybe it's time to have the discussion where the Rams better off just keeping a guy like Joe Barry or, you know, maybe promoting someone else that they let walk like Aubrey Pleasant, a cornerbacks coach who's now in Detroit, his hometown. So uh, a little bit of an up and down performance, like I mentioned, I don't know really what to even make of this defense now in terms of the secondary, like you mentioned, it's a big part of the reason why they just haven't been as good, you know, Jalen Ramsey. I think we all know who he is as a player at this point in time. The guy is the best corner, I, in my opinion. I think uh, Packers fans might have a different opinion. I know we had kind of this battle last year. He's
0: playing right now, so we don't have <laughs> to have the conversation. He is right now, yeah. I think, the best corner in the NFL. But Jair Alexander hasn't been on the field in, you know, a month and a half. So let's we can, right. we're fine saying it right now because Ramsey or because Ramsey is playing and Jair's not.
1: Yeah, so we had that discussion last year. Either way, two incredible players, right? In my right, uh, you know, I think this guy, best corner in football, he's going to do a lot of different things. But partially, I just don't think they use him very well. You know, last year, he's racing number one receivers. He's following DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. He's following these guys all game and he's doing a good job against them. But This year, it's not really been the same. He's lining up in the slot 50, 55% of the time. They got him blitzing a lot, which in my opinion is just not good use for a guy who his best aspect is his coverage, his ability to wipe out a receiver. And if you're going to bring someone in on a blitz where you know the quarterback's going to throw the ball and he's not within even five yards of that guy, you could bring anyone to impact that kind of (laughs) rush lane. So in my opinion, not the best use for Ramsey. Uh, And then the rest of the guys, it's been up and down. Fourth round rookie, Robert Rochelle, does not look prepared to play. He's gotten toasted really whenever he's been in there. David Long Jr., former third round pick out of Michigan, has not looked good. He's gotten benched. He got benched all the way back in week four against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kind of been in and out of the lineup a little bit here and there. But the other two guys that should be a big factor in this one, Dante Dion, it seems like he's going to be able to go after not being able to play last week. It was a hamstring issue. Uh, And Darius Williams, who last year played like a pro bowler this year, inconsistent, a little bit up and down. I think part of the reason here is schematic. They're playing a little bit uh, off the ball, not really up in the face of receivers, not getting overly physical. And at the same time, I can't blame them. I don't think they have the same kind of help over the top as they did last year. They do lose John Johnson in free agency, of course, to Cleveland. So, you know, there's a little bit of a schematic issue there, a little bit of a performance issue, and they're just not as good as last year. Like you mentioned, I don't really know that they can get back there. I think they could do much better than they've shown. And right now it seems like they probably will you know, for one of the first times this season, have their best trio at corner. So we're really going to see, you know, how these guys can fit together in Ramsey, Dion and Williams. I'm really concerned, but at the same time, I'm also really excited to see, you know, how these guys can perform together.
0: Yeah. And it comes at a time when, when Marquez Vela Scantling is coming back and coming off his best game of the season, Devonte Adams is Devonte Adams. We'll see if Alan Lazard can go in this game, but Randall Cobb is still in the mix. Equinemia St. Brown, this Packers offense, Looks pretty deep. My expectation is, you know, the last time they had to start Josh Najman in one of these big games against a front that could get after them. And we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, is they went a bunch of empty and just said, okay, we want to be able to uh, to help. We want to be able to chip with the tight end in the slot and and do it that way. We'll see if that's the same approach that they take quickly here. uh, Matthew Stafford. He starts out like, like a house of fire. Right. And then the last few weeks against the 49ers against the Titans, it wasn't like the Titans offense played great in that game. Matthew Stafford turned the ball over a couple of times and, and that ended up being the difference in that game. So with the bye week with another week of OBJ to get acclimated, although they don't get, you know, we, we, I think we overrate the bye week sometimes because they don't get an extra week of practice. They don't yeah. They get like an extra day and a half of practice because the guys are gone for most of that week. But He still has a chance to be in the playbook, that kind of thing. How do you get Matthew Stafford back to playing the way that he was early in the season? Or is this just, this would be my take, is this just who Matthew Stafford is? Some weeks he's going to look like an all-pro and some weeks he's going to look like Matthew Stafford.
1: Yeah, you know, that that might be the case. You obviously have more familiarity with the guy than I do. uh, But in terms of what I've seen, you know, I was really excited, obviously, through the first seven or so weeks looked great. Right. And then the last few weeks, I kind of chalk it up to, of course, Matthew Stafford not playing well, but it's been a lot of compounding issues, man, against the Titans. You look at the offensive line. They looked awful. They were getting killed every snap the next game. The best players on your offense are dropping passes. Cooper Cup on third down, kills a drive. Tyler Higby on third down, kills a drive. Tyler Higby on another third down, goes in his hands, <laughs> out of his hands, pick six. So, you know, it's a little bit of Matthew Stafford. He needs to play better, a little bit of everyone else on the offense. They need to play better. But at the same time, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm getting under center a little bit more. I'm not going empty all the time like they always want to. I'm trying to run a little bit more play action. I think these are a lot of the things that you know, these offenses, the Rams, the Packers are kind of based on, and the Rams have gotten away from it a lot these last few weeks. And I can't blame Sean McVay. It's worked throughout, you know, the majority of the season, but at the same time, I think it can kind of get a little bit stale every now and again. So I would like to switch it up, but all in all, you know, it's been mostly positive for Stafford coming off two bad weeks though. All
0: right. A lot more to get to on this crossover edition. It's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. Football and nothing goes better with football than Turkey and betting. Maybe a little stuffing. Little gravy on there. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You know, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your sports betting action this Thanksgiving. The games are, some of them are truly terrible. We're going to get Andy <laughs> Dalton against Tim Boyle. And all due respect to the Tim Boyle Laser Show, that is not a great way to kick off your Thanksgiving. But if you make money on it, I don't know, pretty good Thanksgiving for me. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. And don't wait to take advantage of Tim Boyle starting a quarterback. You got this. Come on. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Go take advantage.
1: Now we're going to flip the t- tables here. Uh, you know, Peter is going to get some questions from me now. Uh, we're going to pick up with this crossover where we left off. Before we dive into that, we always want to thank you guys for making Locked On Packers, Locked On Rams your first daily listen every day. So now, Peter, we talked about the Rams, where they're kind of sitting at here coming off the bye week. Formerly looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. Now, maybe look like a team that isn't even going to be able to win their own division. But when you flip yeah. it to the other side of the table here, I watched the game last week, the Packers, the Vikings. It was an amazing game. I mean, as a neutral fan, as a guy who just wants to watch good football, very thrilling. But at the same time, a little bit concerning when you look at that secondary with how Kirk Cousins performed. I know a lot of people rag on the guy, but he's a relatively solid quarterback. He's, you know, league average, we'll call maybe I'm, even a little I'm bit. I'm one better. of those people who rags on the guy, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we all do at at some points. We all kind of like (laughs) it, I feel like. But at the same time, they look good. And that passing offense was clicking. So when you look at this secondary, we talked about it in the first segment a little bit. No Jair Alexander going into this game. And obviously, he's been sidelined for quite a while now. What does this new secondary look like? Are there concerns with how they're going to kind of stop the pass moving forward? And especially against this Rams offense that has looked good for the majority of the season?
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see how Sean McVay handles this because the way to attack this Packers defense right now, I think is to spread them out because if you have to play dime or if you have to play their big nickel with Henry black at safety, Henry black struggled last week to handle um, Justin Jefferson. They, the, the Vikings put out a, a, Very creative package. Justin Jefferson in the backfield. The Packers didn't match him with a corner. They had him with a safety and Justin Jefferson predictably cooked their backup safety. Like that's just going to happen no matter who is out there. And most teams do not have a third safety that can cover Justin Jefferson one on one. The Packers benched Kevin King last week. He had previously been in a rotation with Russell Douglas as he worked back from health. Russell Douglas has played well for the Packers this season. Eric Stokes, the rookie has played really well for the Packers this season still has some issues finding the ball in the air. Um, You know, he's, he's given up some big plays to the elite elite receivers down the field. So I would expect that would be an area where they would target Stokes. Um, Although he was terrific against Tyler Lockett in that Seahawks game. So uh, their their safeties are excellent, and Darnell Savage. I mean, you said you watched the game. Darnell Savage had an interception that was called back on penalty. Had an interception that he just barely couldn't complete the catch on, and then had an interception that Adam Thielen made a great play to knock out of his hands. I thought Cousins threw at least one more interception that that Stokes was not able to to get his hands around in time to to make the play on the ball. So. They they are a ball hawking group. Um, before this last week, they had been the best secondary in the league when targeting receivers. Um, Field Yates had some great stats about it. And that's without Jair Alexander for most of the season. So... It is hard to target them specifically because of how Joe Barry handles this defense. They mix coverages a lot. Um, He likes to play one kind of coverage on the other, and and a different on the backside. Um, Or he'll he'll disguise the way that we saw Brandon Staley last year. Looks like too high. You bring a safety down. It's it's um, cover three, or it's or it's man free, or whatever it is. They're not relying on those disguises to trick quarterbacks necessarily. They're just playing really solid, fundamentally sound football. And I think that's the thing where you can, you can elevate beyond the sum of your parts. You can, you can, the whole can be greater than the sum of its parts when you play disciplined football. And that's what they've done. You know, they pass off guys in the middle of the field on crossers extremely well. Devondre Campbell playing awesome in the middle of that defense. And then they pass off guys down the field. If you're going to try and run mills or you're going to try and run these, these dig over routes, The safeties and the corners are communicating extremely well on on what they're doing. And the safeties are not getting greedy, trying to fly down and cut those crossers all the time. Now, the one the one place the Vikings got them consistently was on this this corner route where you put the corner in conflict. Do I help on the out in front of me or do I drop? with a corner in behind me that he can't really see. It's a really difficult concept for a corner on that side. And they have to be ready for that. They have to find some counters for that. Um, but here's here's what I've been saying all week on, on my show. The Packers pressured Kirk Cousins on 40.5% of his snaps. He played awesome against the Blitz. Matthew Stafford has been Bad against the blitz against pressure this season. And I don't think you can sustainably beat teams when you're facing that kind of pressure. I think if the Packers continue to get pressure the way that they did and the way that they have all season, I think that takes some some burden off your secondary, much like the Rams did last year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the perfect transition for me here because I want to take it to the other side of the ball and the offensive line. I mean, this is a big question mark right now, especially for people on the outside, like myself looking in, we we talked about it in that first segment or maybe before here, I don't even recall. No David Bakhtiari for Rams fans. Of course, I'm sure they know at this point, superstar left tackle. Now Elton Jenkins, another superstar offensive lineman and a guy that I just have so much respect for. I mean, he's dominated at three different positions at this point in the NFL. It's absurd, but yeah, uh, Torrey's ACL last week for those that don't know both going to be out in this game. Now you mentioned uh, some of the guys that will take over in that first segment. What does this updated offensive line look like? Is there a concern with how they're going to hold up in Pass bro? when you look at Aaron Donald and Von Miller and some of these new vaunted pieces that they have on this D line? Uh,
0: yes, there is a concern, uh, no question about it. Uh, so what they what they are are likely going to trot out here is Josh Nijman at left tackle. And he is someone who ha- has been inconsistent, but he has got a lot of tools. Um, and I was I was just pulling up the pro football focus numbers. If you actually take his grades, he is having a better season by pro football Focus's numbers than Billy Turner, the right tackle. than DJ Humphreys, the, the left tackle in Arizona, who they just play, paid a bunch of money. Then Isaiah Wynn in uh, New England. And then better than Sewell in Detroit. Um better than Eric Fisher in Indianapolis. Some these are real quality NFL starters. And he has played like a quality NFL starter in a, albeit a limited sample size, but against some some really good against some really good fronts, against the 49ers front for example. He has held up You've got John Runyon Jr., he's gonna play left guard. I think that was a spot that that he was gonna start at early in the season anyway with Elton Jenkins. So that's not a that's not a big difference. Lucas Patrick Patrick is their longtime interior swing man. He's in there for the rookie Josh Myers, who's hurt. Rice Newman has been the right guard starter all season. That's not gonna change. Billy Turner at right tackle, that's not gonna change. Billy Turner had his worst game of the season last week, but he has been solid for the Packers this year. They've been top 10 in pass block win rate, in pass rush win rate um, by ESPN this season, even with the injuries. And they've had to they've had to muddle through without Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari before they've won. Uh, In fact, they won all their games when they had to do that uh, early in the season. So uh, it is it is not something that they are unfamiliar with, at least. Now, is this the the stiffest
1: test that they're going to have to face this year? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, it's going to be an interesting battle. Probably who wins that trench battle on both sides is likely going to win this matchup, you know, like football usually is. It's a complex game, but a very simple one at that as well. And now there's this one final question here. While you were talking, I was sort of thinking about it. And uh, it's odd, really, how similar these teams are right now. I mean, there's a lot of connections, right? You talk about Matt LaFleur, former offensive coordinator for Sean McVay kind of built from that same Shanahan style scheme there on offense. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball, Joe Barry, of course, we mentioned former Rams guy as well. And he's doing a lot of the same things that the Rams are doing defensively, which also comes from that Brandon Staley tree, which is crazy to say this guy was a coordinator a year ago. Now he's sort of building his own little tree there in terms of quarters, the Vic Fangio scheme, of course. So uh, it's really weird to see all these connections. And then you look at the most recent piece, Odell Beckham's kind of deciding between the Rams and the Packers. Now there's a lot of emotional connection here between these two teams, I think maybe more so than I'm making it out to be. But uh, when you look at this Packers team and we talk about a lot of these injuries, a lot of superstar players down right now, When it gets to late December and January, of course, the expectation is to always win a Super Bowl. But what's sort of the hope, you know, finishing out the rest of the season with this team? Is it trying to get healthy? Is it, you know, we're looking for this number one seed? Do you guys think that there is a potential possibility that you hop maybe the Cardinals and try to, you know, grab that uh, first seed and make the road to the playoffs or make the road to the Super Bowl go through Lambeau?
0: Yeah, this is the game. I mean, this is the game and and they have the bye week next week. I think this is going to be one of those kitchen sink games because the Packers understand what's at stake. It's not as if the Cardinals are are facing some daunting task coming in to finish the season. They've got Chicago. They've got the Rams. They've got the Lions. They've got the Colts. They've got the Cowboys. They've got the Seahawks could be Geno Smith in week 18 of that Seahawks game. Right. Um, It could be another Tim Boyle laser show with the lions who knows what's going on with the bears. So it's not like they've got, you know, uh, um, uh, they've got the Cowboys Colts and, and Rams. Those are all tough games. If the Packers want to be the one, they have to win this game because they also have games against all three divisional opponents. um, And they, they expect to win those games always. So now you're already 11 wins, right? They're, they're eight and three. You win those three games, you're at 11. You've got Cleveland at home. You have to feel like you're a better team than Cleveland. You, that has to be a win. And then now you win this one. You're at 13, okay? 13, you have to feel pretty good about the odds that that is the number one seed with the tiebreaker over Arizona and every other team in the NFC already having those three losses. This is the game. This is the pivot point game. Because if you go, in, if you go into Baltimore and lose, AFC game, not a big deal. The schedule is actually very manageable the rest of the way if you get this win. So this is a huge game for the Packers in terms of wanting to get that number one seed. Yes, of course they want to be the number one seed. Yes, of course they want to have this game at Lambeau. And I think Aaron Rodgers has talked about it. He said it last year. Let's have one of these at home. They had one. They didn't play well enough to beat the Bucks. If there is if there is something that that Aaron Rodgers wants, it is Another opportunity to go to a Super Bowl by playing all of his games at home. This is a huge emotional game for the Green Bay Packers, no doubt.
1: I don't mean to make it more than it is. And you did a good job kind of breaking it down there. But I think it's the same thing for the Rams here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the the Packers have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. The Rams are a game and a half back from the division lead uh, right there in the thick of things for that first seed in the NFC. And I'm pretty sure the Rams would love to have every single home game at you know, SoFi Stadium throughout the playoffs, as well as the Super Bowl, that's pretty much unheard of when it comes to this sport. So it would be great for them. But It'll be two years in a row. Yeah, it would be. But it all begins this week. I mean, this is a huge game. Yes, it's just one game. But someone here is going to win this game. Presumably, I hope it's not a tie. And hold this tiebreaker <laughs> when it comes to this late season, you know, seating playoff lookout And uh, ultimately, this is a good matchup for both teams. Both teams want to get to a Super Bowl. That's the expectation here. And uh, this is going to be a good barometer to really find out, I think, where both teams stand. Going into this Thanksgiving slate, it's going to be really fun to watch. Like you mentioned, not the best games. I even heard someone say, listen, don't eat before you watch the Chicago Bears-Detroit Lions game. It might not end well. Uh, It's a little bit rude, but uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy football anytime (laughs) it's on. So if you guys are watching football, which I'm sure you are, make sure to get that nice meal in. And if you want to have a dessert, you should go try a built bar, man. These guys make the best protein bar on the market. Trust me. I've tried every protein bar you can imagine. Some are chalky, some are waxy, some don't taste good. Some don't even have any protein in them. Eight grams of protein. That's not much when it comes to these guys. They do it entirely differently. It's more than just eating a protein bar. It actually tastes like a candy bar and it's honestly more of an experience than anything else. They're soft, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know that it's very different compared to any other protein bar. The built bars, they're low in carbs, low in calories, low in sugar, they're high in protein, and they have all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious and a bunch of different flavors. Actually, this month, built is coming out with limited time flavors every three to four days. So if you guys want to go check them out, you absolutely should. Some of them are incredible flavors. I actually just got to sample a few of them. Really delicious. So if you guys want to get in on some of that, go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: All right, let's finish up this crossover. Of course, we'd like to thank everyone who's listening, especially those of you who are making this your first listen of the morning, locked on Packers, locked on Rams. So so this is a game that the odds makers think is going to be very, very close. Packers are one and a half point favorites as we as we sit here. and i was I was looking at the numbers. I thought that was an interesting number, right? It's a very it's a very weird number, <laughs> traditionally speaking, but the, the home field advantage is dwindling in the NFL. In fact, over the last two or three years, the road teams are um, winning more games than the home team. online actually has this as a pick right now. Um, this game opened at Packers one and a half, but ESPN's FPI, the football power index has the Rams as 0.6 points better on a neutral field than the Packers home field advantage is more like with the odds makers, I think two points. And so if you add those one and a half. Is the right number? I think one and a half is the fair line in this game, and I think it's going to be a game that comes down to a last possession kind of situation, a field goal, um, a defensive stop, something like that. If you're going to if you're going to distill it into one
1: key, if the Rams do this or the Packers do this, what is that thing? Yeah. So I can already tell this game's not going to be good for my blood pressure. I'm already, you know, excited and (laughs) nervous at the same time. Losing sleep. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. I shouldn't be losing sleep over a game on Sunday. Now, when it comes to this matchup, like you mentioned, it's as close as it gets. I mean, for me, this is like, let's pick up a coin. One side is Rams. One side is Packers. Let me flip it. Whatever happens, happens type of thing. So when it comes to the Rams, I think they need to just get back on track. And that's very vague, but Play a clean game on offense, for God's sake! No more turnovers, no more, you know, offensive line getting beat up one game or pick sixes. You're not just giving the defense the ball or the opposing offense, I should say. You're spotting them points. I mean, they was back to back games with pick sixes there. I haven't even seen anything like that. And I watched Jared Goff play for four or five years. So (laughs) just odd, very strange there, but the Rams need to play a clean game defensively. I think we know what to expect. They're not going to be the best defense in football. They regressed big time. We expected that. I said, they were going to be top 10 to top 14 ish. It's exactly where they are. So you're going to get beat. You're probably going to give up 25, 30 points. That's probably what we can expect here. Just play clean offense. If the Rams can get to 28 plus 30 points, even I think they have a good shot to win it, but I just can't pick them right now coming off two bad weeks. I mean, I don't feel great about them. I do think, you know, I'm probably on the optimistic side compared to most people. I do think they will get back on track here, uh, but you're traveling with Lambo, and yeah, sometimes that might not be a big deal for, you know, Matthew Stafford when he was in Detroit, they're used to cold weather, but uh, California and uh, you know, Lambo, not exactly the same kind of weather there. So I'm not saying, you know, they're soft, they can't handle the cold, but I just think it's going to be a lot for them to overcome. They're coming out of the bye week. They might be rusty. You know, they always say bye week. You get a chance to do this. Well, more often than not, you're coming out looking bad for a quarter or two. And I don't think that you can afford that against this kind of an offense. So I'm going to pick the Packers in a close game. I would probably pick them in the spread as well. Uh, But, you know, I, I really think, like you mentioned, this is really going to come down to it. It might be a last second field goal or a last, you know, we got the ball. There's a minute and 38 left on the clock. we got a timeout. Let's go drive and win this thing going to be a great game, but I'm going to go with the Packers in this one.
0: I am too, and I think you're right. I think this comes down to a final possession. I think Aaron Rodgers has the ball with a chance to go win it, and he does it. Something like 28-27, something like that would be really fun. 31-30. Um, I mean, I, I, like, this is like less than a field goal feels like the right outcome for this game, and uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there at Lambeau Field with my family. Um, I can't wait, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it again next week. So, So this was awesome, man. Um, let's, uh, let's do it again in January. What do you say?
1: Yeah. hope that's the plan. I mean, I mean that's the hope, right? It's going to be a good game. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully the Packers and the Rams can stay healthy. It's been a struggle for mm. both teams this season. Uh, this feels like a playoff game. It's November, but it feels Absolutely. like a divisional conference championship type of game. I hope it has that atmosphere. Hope it's a close game and a good one for both teams.
0: I think it will be. And we will see everyone listen to everyone here. They'll hear us wherever you find us next week. Thanks guys. All right, thanks to Sosa. That was great. Have a blast talking to him. He he does his homework. Um and every time I talk to him, uh I I get the feeling that he knows the Packers for whatever reason. He seems to know the Packers Better than uh, most uh, sports media people who cover other teams. Um, I don't. I don't know why that is, but he just he seems to have a great handle on on Green Bay and and who they are and the and the personnel. And so I always uh, appreciate our conversations. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked on Packers fan hotline. You can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.